Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coombs. This is a Christian biblical ministry about Christian apologetics, where I study all sorts of things and talk to you about them, about the philosophical, spiritual, and practical issues, along with even political issues of the day, and go through them and talk about their biblical points of view and how they agree with the Bible or not, and where, where everything stands so we can kind of get a general idea. So I've talked before about many different things, abortion, I've talked about socialism, I've talked about Mormonism, only one particular point today I wanted to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses and about more importantly their belief system that Jesus never declared himself to be God in any way. Because when you read the Bible, it clearly points out that Jesus declares himself to be God. So Let's jump into this. Originally, when I was, I originally wasn't even thinking about doing this episode yet until later on, but today really inspired me because I went to a DMV here in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona, and as I was waiting in line, I saw Jehovah's Witnesses, and so I went into the DMV, got everything done, didn't really think twice about Jehovah's Witnesses. Thought if they if they were still there, I might talk to them because what I like to do is I like to talk to people about their worldview, what they believe in you know, um, what presuppositions they have, and then to question their belief systems and make it so they defend their belief systems. Not to be a, a mean person, but because I personally believe that you need to be able to defend your belief system too often that we don't do that and we hide it and we, we believe something without actually thinking it through. So that's why I basically say, let's go ahead and just discuss it. So when I talk to the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, I've talked to many before. I know there are a lot of their philosophy. I know they don't believe Jesus is God. I know they believe Michael and the Archangel is Jesus. And we'll cover that one in a different episode. But I wanted to understand why they personally didn't believe Jesus Christ was declared himself God. When, if you, when you read the Bible, you find so often he is. In fact, we find that, that the resurrection is the cornerstone the resurre- uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ, death and, re- yeah, sorry, death and resurrection, is the very cornerstone that Christians believe in. And so I asked them, knowing pretty much their answer, but just wanting to see if they may be different, because I know there are people that in different denominations or cults or whatever who, I say cults because they don't, they're not truly Christian. I'm not, and so I, I try to talk to them about that. But usually, going back to the main point, there are people in different denominations and cults who don't believe, well, everything that's being taught to them. So I wanted to see from their personal perspective whether they believed what they were talking about or somewhat believed or understood what they believed in or whatnot. I also wanted a chance to be able to explain to about what I believe in as well. Not to start a fight, even though I know this causes a lot of friction, I try to keep it smooth. So anyways... When I will talk to them, and they have the New uh, World Translation, is what they run off of, which is not the Bible at all. You can compare it to other different Bibles and all different versions of it, and all the versions say the exact same thing in different ways. Like talking to a different bunch of different people, they're all saying the same thing. They just say it in different ways. They're not contradicting each other. They're just everyone has a particular way of saying something. So I asked them, "Can you explain to me how Jesus is not God?" And they go, "Well." Jesus never said in the Bible the phrase, I am God, worship me. Now, I agree with this notion. The Bible never once says, Jesus never says, I am God, worship me. He never says that in that exact phrase. But what he does do is declare that he is God in multiple ways. 
All we have to do is look at it and understand what the context of what he was saying and how he was saying it. Because it's a cultural reference. Certain things that they say in Hebrew are different than people say in East Asia. And how we interact with each other, how we address these things, you know, how they communicate a certain truth is in their own way of culture. So originally, what I come across is Jesus being the Messiah, because they don't think he's fully Messiah at all. They think he was a great man, but never really declared himself to be the Messiah, and he was definitely not God. So I wanted to cover through this a little bit, um, and I highlighted this is an episode I did a long time ago, but I wanted to go ahead and go through it. So without further ado, here we go. So here's, in book of Matthew, we come across in chapter 16, verse 13, going all the way down to 20, where Jesus does this. And there's a couple of times in the Bible here, it tells the same story. I'm just going to cover two. One's from Matthew, and one's from Mark's perspective. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Well, but what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in on this earth is loosed, loosed in heaven. Then the, he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. So right inside there we already have a truth claim that he is the Messiah. Jesus acknowledges this. In fact, it's recorded later on also in the book of Mark, as I said, Mark chapter 8, verse 27 through 30. Jesus and disciples went on to the village around Caesarea Philippi. On the way that he asked them, who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. What about you? Who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned him not to, tell, talk, um, not to tell anyone about him. And we'll cover a different episode where he talks about why he wanted to do that. So we already have two Messiahs from two different um, perspectives here. I'm going to flip. You probably hear the pages around. I do have a paper Bible I use. I also use digital. But sometimes if we get old-fashioned book, it's one of the best. Now, here's an interesting one. We all, you probably, you may have heard this, you may not have heard this, about Jesus forgiving and healing the paralyzed man. And I'm going to go ahead and read it to you and then uh, kind of just dissect it. This is found in Luke chapter 5, verse 19 through 24. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his, his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to think to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? 
But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. This is a very powerful thing because right inside this passage, you do come across where the where he is saying your sins are forgiven, and the Pharisees are correct in their reaction to it of saying this is blasphemy because only God can forgive sins. So the Pharisees knew immediately he's declaring himself to be God because he's forgiving sins. No one has the authority on earth, and I will tell you this straight up while you're listening: you can be any denomination you want. If and and my wife is ex-Roman Catholic, who became a Christian. And the whole of Catholic faith was about going to a priest and confessing your sins, and then the priest tells you how many prayers to do and, and how many our fathers and um, our um, whole, Hail Marys and our fathers. I'm sorry, Brent, I was spacing on that one. And then says, good, your sins are now forgiving, my child. But only God can forgive sin. So the Pharisees are correct in saying this. So if Jesus is declaring himself to be God, right here, because the Pharisees recognize that he's actually doing that. That's why they're saying, you're doing blasphemy, dude. You're doing horrible blasphemy. So, here's another one that came up, and they, we've already covered, I believe, four? Yeah, I think so, about four of them right now, that are talking about him declaring himself to be the Messiah, and then him saying he is God. Now, the third, the, the other one I wanted to bring up right now, is found in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 55 through 55. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I will be his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away through the temple grounds. This is big. This is very big. I want you to listen to this one very carefully. Before Abraham was born, I am. Now, it may seem a little bit rash to go, why, why are they picking up stones to stone him? Why do they want to kill him right then? He just he didn't say he was God. But if you understand the cultural implication and the word he actually used that was translated to I am, you understand why the Pharisees are reacting they are. The reason being, if you go back into uh, Genesis, when when Moses is talking to the burning bush, you know, the burning bush had told him, hey, you're going to go back to Egypt. You're going to liberate your people from your suffering. You're going to take your brother Aaron because you didn't stutter a whole lot, man. You're going to take your um, your wife and your kids with you. You're going to go over there, and you're going to go set them free. And Moses is like, okay. And he brought, basically brought up a list of issues that that's going to happen there. And God basically kicked every single one of them down. At the very end, he said, okay, I'm going to stand. I'm going to go, but I'm going to stand in front of a lot of these people um, in front of the elders. And the elders of the Hebrew people are going to say, okay, smart guy, who sent you? So before I get there, who shall I tell? What should I tell them? Who should I say? sent me. And God responds, I am as I am. Tell them I am has sent you. The Hebrew word for I am is Yahweh. So coming flying back over to John chapter 8, we see over in, in 58, yeah, in, in verse 58, just looking at it really fast, when Jesus answered, I am, 
he didn't just say the words I am. He was saying Yahweh right there. And they were picking up stones to stone him because for blasphemy. And if you don't believe me, that I mean, that's fine. So we have later on in the book of John, it actually talks about the same kind of thing. And it only clarifies it even further for us. John chapter 10, verse 27 through 33. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Again, the Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I've shown you many good works from my father, from the father. For which are you doing? For which of these do you stone me? And they said, "We are not stoning for any good works." Work they replied, "But for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God." I don't know how anyone could read John chapter ten, verse twenty-seven through thirty-three, and turn right around and said, "Jesus never once declared himself to be God." You'd have to literally say the Pharisees were complete morons and had no flipping clue what Jesus was actually talking about, that they were completely misunderstanding what he was doing. But then at the same time, you'd have to understand the Jewish faith. You'd have to read the Torah and the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament. You'd have to understand that, think that these people were as dumber than you are. The thing is, the Pharisees aren't dumb people. They were not horrible. They were, they were not great people, but they weren't stupid when it came down to what Jesus was clearly communicating. They understood it 110%. That's why they were getting so angry at him and ultimately sent him to be crucified, was because he was doing blasphemous things. He was saying that he was God, and he was clearly describing it. And so either you have to say you know better than the Pharisees who spent their entire life studying the Old Testament, studying the Torah and the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament again. They understood all these things about God. And they understood what Jesus was saying. They were the. It was like going to. It's it's like going to UC Berkeley or going to Yale and talking to a major professor and using the language that they understood, like what their their fields are, and saying something about something, and no one else understands. But they completely get. It's like talking to a linguist. They understood that Jesus was declaring himself to be God on many occasions, and especially when he said Yahweh and applied it to himself in saying, you know, the Father. When he said that that the fa- that he has done good things with work with his father, and the father and him are one. Actually, no, there are two. Yeah, when he says the father and I are one, is his true claim to being God. What do I mean? Well, when you say that you and the father are one, it's like you and the higher management are one. You're just saying declaring yourself equal to them. Jesus is clearly just saying that he is equal to God. The only way you can be equal to God is if you're God in, in yourself. No one is equal to God. No one, not here on earth. No one, not nobody. So when you declare yourself, when Jesus is declaring himself to be equal to God, or when you declare yourself to be equal to a higher authority, you're in essence saying you are that higher authority. I remember watching the movie Judge Dredd, and, you know, and Judge Dredd's end up on a, on a roof, and he's, they're all saying, oh, well, you know, what does law say? And Judge Dredd goes, I am the law. He's making himself equal to the law. He's saying that he is the law. So whatever he does is perfectly legal. 
but he's making himself equal to it. So that's where the Pharisees recognize it. So when I come across people who have said, Jesus never once declared himself to be God, and I hear the Jehovah's Witnesses saying these things, you got to realize that that is such a strong in, incorrect assertion. It's scary. But again, the Je Jehovah's Witnesses are not founded on Christian principles. Here's another one John is talking about, and this is one that you've probably heard a lot, and maybe if you haven't, this will be the first time you're encountering this. But look to John Wood Wood. Uh, well, John 1, 1 through <laughs> 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that light was the light of all mankind. The darkness shines, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John is clearly stating about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. He's clearly, when you read this book, when you read the book of John, you clearly come across where he's talking about who Jesus is, that he is the Word, the truth, the truth, the way, and the life. He is the divine Logos. That's what that says in the Greek, the Logos, the Word. So, when we have a lot of people, Jehovah's Witnesses, and I even think about Muslims who say that Jesus never once said he was God, because the Quran clearly states that. Well, the Quran was written at least 500 years after the fact of Jesus, when the, the New Testament was actually scribed in and was being recorded down, was only within the first century AD, was only a few months within the first century AD. If you really think about it, this was found out by Lee Strobel. In the case for Christ, he actually they actually bring up that issue. So we have immediately Jesus Christ declaring himself to be God in human form. He shows that he is God by doing good works. He stands before the Pharisees, and ultimately, what the Bible, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John read out, is showing that Jesus Christ, as he declares himself to be God, the Pharisees harden their hearts against him. Jesus does warn them that your your Looking at the Messiah, you're, you're seeing my gifts, you're seeing everything, you know this, and you're hardening your hearts from me. You guys are in danger of the gates of hell, which is called the blasphemy of the Spirit. Is seeing who Jesus is, knowing who Jesus is, recognizing who Jesus is, recognizing his authority, and then rejecting him. Because the Holy Spirit has revealed it. That's what the Pharisees did. There's only really one Pharisee I'm aware of, and... Oh, what was it? It was Nicodemus, who was the one Pharisee that believed in Jesus. But going back to the main issue here, when the Jehovah's Witnesses or anyone else point out and say, Jesus never declared himself to be God, you can point out from listening to this podcast and rewind it, find out the chapters and verses that I've talked out. I, I read them out. I told you what the chapters were, the verses, how long they were. And I read them out to you so that you can even have somebody else listen to this. Because when they declare that Jesus is in God, they're doing a great mis um, mis I think misfortune to themselves. They're not they're not helping themselves out. So Jesus does declare himself to be God. The only question you have to ask yourself is this. What do you do with them?
I've actually asked many people that question. I've read, I've been at work and people have read that and they've said, you know, I'm not sure about Jesus. I said, well, Jesus declares himself to be God on several different occasions. So I like to think of it the way that C.S. Lewis pointed out. He's, uh, he's one of three things. He's lying, he's crazy, or even more terrifying, he's telling the truth. I've asked people that. What do you think? And they go, well, he was great. Well, I said, well, yeah, okay, he was a great guy, yeah. I said, but he also declared to be much more than that. What do you think? And their response is always the same. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So for you individually, you need to ask that, answer that question. Jesus clearly declares himself to be God, as these passages point out. The only question that needs to be answered is, what do you personally do with that? Do you accept it? Do you reject it? Ultimately, it's up to you. But just realize one very important thing. And this is coming from what the Bible teaches. Your ultimate saying, what, how you handle Jesus, will determine your destiny, determine your fate. It will. It will determine heaven or hell. It will determine um, eternal life or not. It will ultimately determine Judgment Day. And I know it's a really hard pill to swallow, but it's absolute truth. If you believe in Jesus, you've ever, then if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, your Judgment Day has already happened. Your Judgment Day happened on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. When Jesus died on the cross, that was you. That was all of your sin. The whole world's sin put upon there. Only, But... You had to accept it. To non-believer, well, your judgment day is coming. And no flesh will be justified in his sight. In other words, you're screwed. Hard to hear that word. It's hard to hear this. Because no one wants to be told that. But the truth is the truth. And I love you guys way too much to just go ahead and just say whatever you want to hear. I think I'd be, I believe full-heartedly, the pits of my heart that I'd be doing a great disservice to you in this ministry by telling you anything you wanted to hear. But I have good news. Jesus Christ died for you. If you're not a believer and you're not saved, Jesus loves you. He's trying to reach out to you right now, pulling on that on your heart. Hear that still small voice calling out to you, telling you to repent, which is to recognize what you're doing in your life is sin. Turn away from it. And come to a relationship and discipleship with Jesus Christ. You can do it right now. I don't know where you're doing or what you're doing or where you're at. I don't even know where you're at in your life. Jesus knows exactly where you're at. What you're doing exactly right now. You can give your heart to him right now. To say, Jesus, I'm sorry for all the sins I've ever done. Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart and change the direction of my life. I ask you to become the Lord and Savior of my life and put your faith and trust into him. If you've done that, if you prayed that, welcome to the body of Christ. You got a huge family. If you're still wondering, just remember this. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Face that. You have to face that reality. If you haven't accepted, tomorrow is not guaranteed. You can die today. In the most unusual ways. So I want to leave you on that. Remember. God loves you. So until next time. May God richly bless you all. My dearly 
beloved.